if I'm not providing my students with that time in class to read, then a couple of things happen. One, some of the students don't see it as important. They think that, well, that's just homework. That's just something extra. If I get time for it, I will do it. So they don't see the importance because I'm not placing the importance on it. Hi there, I'm Carolyn Wall, your host of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers looking to close the achievement gap. I'm a 20-year veteran teacher who still loves being in the classroom. Tune in each week as I reflect on my own teaching experience to bring you lesson plans, strategies, and stories that will help you develop your students as readers and writers. So grab your notepad, cup of coffee and join me each week as we dive into all things ELA. Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I hope your week is starting off well and that you are hanging in there until winter break. For me, I've got about a week and a half to go and I am definitely ready for some time off. Today, we're going to be talking about how we can structure our class periods to get the most out of Reader's Workshop. Remembering that Reader's Workshop is not a program, but a reading strategy or a method, there is no one way to structure our class periods. So you're not going to be leaving today with a list of things to do. I'm not going to be providing you with a script of things to do. I really want to encourage you to maybe leave today with just a few ideas of maybe one thing, possibly two things that you could start implementing in your class, either right away or at the start of the new year, that's going to help move your students to be more independent in their reading and to begin taking ownership of their reading and really fully implementing Reader's Workshop. I've had the privilege of working in a few different schools in a few different states. So I've had a variety of schedules from short 45-minute classes all the way to 90-minute block classes. And while I love block classes for ELA, I do understand that that's not ideal for other classes and other subject areas. That's just too much time. Um, So I understand why we don't have them. But an ELA teacher, a 90-minute block class was really the perfect amount of time per day to meet with my students. Time does matter. There are so many standards, so many topics, so many things that we have to get through in a year. And students read at a variety of different reading levels. And so we have to constantly be moving forward. And so time does matter. One thing that I have never heard a language arts teacher say in all of my years of teaching is that they have too much time. They have too much time for their class that they are just sitting around trying to find things to do to fill the time. I have never heard that. In fact, I haven't really heard that from any teacher, to be honest with you, but especially not from my ELA teachers. All right. With that being said, the length of time, as much as we would want more time, is really something we have no control over. So rather than trying to stress about it, I just kind of put that in the category of I can't control that. So what can I do with the time that I'm given? So let's look at ways that we can fully utilize the time that we have. Before I get into some logistics of how I structure my class periods for the different time periods, I want to talk about some things that I call non-negotiables. So what are the things that I personally try to get in 
every week. I do not do these things that we're going to talk about every single day because my current schedule is a 50 minute class period, four days a week. And then it drops down to like 45 minutes, I think 42 minutes, somewhere in there on Wednesdays. Cause we have a late start, but these are the things that I try to make sure that I get in every single week. They are the non-negotiables. There are four of them. And the first one is time for independent reading. Regardless of what I'm doing in class, whether I'm focusing on a writing project or I'm focusing on a class novel or book clubs or something else, I always make time for independent reading. We've talked about the importance of every student having a book of their choice to read. I also feel it's really important that they have time to read that book in class. If I'm not providing my students with that time in class to read, then a couple of things happen. One, some of the students don't see it as important. They think that, well, that's just homework. That's just something extra. If I get time for it, I will do it. So they don't see the importance because I'm not placing the importance on it. And the other thing is that some of our students don't have time to read outside of class. Some of our students are taking care of siblings. Some of our students are taking care of parents and grandparents, and their schedules are filled with things that they can't control. And so I want to make sure that I have provided students with opportunities every single day to read in class. Now, the time that I give them, that varies depending on my schedule, and that varies depending on what we're doing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. The second thing is mini lessons, creating mini lessons that are powerful, short, and to the point. I love doing fun, fluffy things in class, and there's a time and a place for that. But when I am trying to get through multiple standards in a month or multiple standards in a semester or trimester, I need to make sure that my lessons are powerful and I need to make sure that they're short and that students can quickly implement them. And so being prepared for those helps me when I'm doing my reading conferences. If you're not sure what a mini lesson is, a mini lesson is where that direct teaching is happening. So you spend 15 to 20 minutes at the most on a lesson where you are teaching a new skill. I think there is a tendency to kind of cram in as much as you can, but the more bite-sized, the more manageable pieces are going to help your students understand the lesson and then be able to apply it to their own learning. The third non-negotiable that I have is conferring or reading conferences. And this is really where I've learned that the magic happens. And if reading conferences is something that you're really interested in, stay tuned for next week. Next week, I'm going to talk all about reading conferences. So make sure you come back for that next week. But reading conferences, like I said, this is where the magic happens. This is where that one-on-one conversation happens with each student. You get to spend time with each student. You get to see how they're doing in their own book. You get to see what they're understanding, what they're not understanding. You're able to see how they're taking the information from your mini lesson and applying it to their own reading. You really get to see how the student starts to take ownership of their learning. It also gives you that opportunity when a student's not 
quite yet there. Either they're not understanding the lesson or they're not yet mature enough to be taking the ownership of their own learning. And then you get to provide that extra support to them. That is something that doesn't happen when all we're doing is teaching novels, teaching novels, teaching novels. This is one-on-one teacher, student. This is where the magic happens. All right. And the last negotiable, as I'm planning out my lessons, the last negotiable for Readers Workshop is time for students to share. So students need to have opportunities to share what it is that they're reading. So it's not just read and doesn't become this passive thing that they are very active in it. They're active in the reading conference and they're active in the reading when they are sharing out their reading. So I like to mix things up. Sometimes I have my students work in partners and they just verbally share what they've read or they verbally apply one of the skills that we've learned for reading. And then sometimes I have them write a reflection or I have them respond to a question in writing. I even sometimes do Google Forms where they're thinking and writing on the computer. Sometimes it's on paper, but I like to mix it up, but always provide an opportunity for them to share. So those are my four non-negotiables. Time to read in class, create short to the point mini lessons, reading conferences or conferring, and time for students to share out. Those are the four non-negotiable pieces that I plan for Reader's Workshop, no matter what I'm planning. And again, I don't plan those every single day because right now, again, my classes are pretty short. If I was in a block schedule, I would plan that every day, but I don't. So I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. Let's first like close our eyes and think about that perfect 90 minute block schedule that we have. And what would that look like? Because some of you do have block schedules. I'm very envious of that. I have taught middle school in a block schedule and I loved it. Of all the schedules that I've had, the 90 minute one was my favorite. Although 60 minutes is pretty good too, but 90 minutes was like optimal to get all of the reading and all of the writing done. Planning on a block schedule would be the closest I think that I've ever come to believing that I had enough time to get everything covered. All right. So when I say block schedule, I mean a 90 minute class. So I'm just going to briefly go through what that will look like. So when I start class, the first 10 minutes of class, we do our warm up. I personally do a spiral review, which includes some vocabulary, some grammar, some editing, some personal reflection few other things as well. Warm-ups are really just a review of lots of different skills, both reading and writing. This gives my students something to do when they come into class. It keeps them busy, productive, and on topic while I'm taking attendance, answering questions for students, and all of those beginning of the class things. We really just spend 10 minutes on that, and then we are done with that. Then we move into a mini lesson. This is 15 to 20 minutes. And this is where I'm teaching the new skill. Sometimes it might be a review, but really if it's a 20 minute lesson, it's gonna be a new skill. I set the stage for what I'd like my students to be doing on their own reading. So I teach them the skill, we practice the skill, and then I say, here's what I would like to see from you in your own reading. And then they're off to their independent reading. So we spend, in a block schedule, we spend 25 minutes each day reading our own choice books. 
Now, again, this is something that we work up to. We do not start the year with 25 minutes, even when I taught in a block schedule. They still have to work up to that. They still have to build their stamina for that. But once we're there, consistently, we are reading at 25 minutes. Students are reading their choice books. And while the students are reading their choice books, I'm conferring. So they're getting reading time. I'm getting conference time. And in a block schedule, I can get through all of my students every week. My current schedule, I, it takes me about two weeks to get through everybody. When I'm conferring, I'm asking students questions about their books. I'm holding small discussions with them. And again, reading conferences is going to be next week's topic on the podcast. So if you want some details or ideas of like what to ask during a conference, be sure to come back then. All right. So after independent reading, then I give them 10 to 15 minutes to share out depending on what the activity is. And again, that could be with a partner, that could be with a small group, or it could be some written assignment that I've given them. And then that's the reading time. Then the last 15 to 20 minutes of class, that's when we focus on writing. So that writing time could be adjusted depending on how deep we are into a project or where we need to be by scaling back a little bit, maybe on the independent reading time or maybe finding mini lessons that could be a little bit shorter, maybe they're review lessons. So it's all adjustable, none of it's set in stone. I do what I can do each day to get through as much as possible and to be utilizing the entire class period. It is easy to get everything in when you have a 90-minute block. I love that schedule. I wish I still had that schedule, but I don't. And I would venture to say that most of us don't. Most of us have maybe 45 to 60 minutes somewhere in their classes. So let's talk about what that looks like when you really can't get through all of these four non-negotiables every single day. If that's the case, then try to get through the non-negotiables every week instead of every day. I focus on reading lessons on specific days and writing lessons on other days. I know that there are some teachers, even some teachers on my team that would rather do a reading unit and then do a writing unit. And that works. If that works for you, Go ahead and do that. What I don't like about that is that it kind of pushes off one of the subjects. It kind of makes it less important for a while. And I want to keep reading and writing as important every week in class. And so I like to do it where there are certain days where we're doing reading and certain days where we are doing writing. Regardless of what my focus is for the day, students read every single day. So how do I do this? I make reading part of our warm-up. So if we have a writing focus day, I change my warm-up time to 15 minutes instead of that 10 minutes that we talked about earlier. Once they finish the spiral review task for the day, then they go right into reading. So the idea is that they would spend five minutes on their warm-up and 10 minutes reading. It doesn't quite work out that way every single day for every student, but that's kind of the goal and what I'm looking for. 10 minutes doesn't really give them much time on those days, but at least it keeps reading as something that's important in class. They see that I value it. They see that I'm giving up class time for it. And so I want them to have that experience every single day. So in my shorter class period that I have right now, this is how I've structured my lessons for this year. 
And again, I'm on a new team, same district that I've worked in for a while, but I'm on a new team. So I've had to adjust a little bit because I want to be a team member, but this is what I'm doing. So in a typical week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I focus on reading. So I focus on mini lessons, independent reading, conferencing, and sharing out. I, again, adjust the times as it fits into my class, but it's basically 10 minutes for warm-up, 15-minute for mini lesson, 20-minute for reading and conferencing, and 10 minutes on sharing out. Some days I will try to, if I have a mini lesson that's going to take a little bit longer, then I might pull from my warm-up time or from my sharing out time. But every week we're doing mini lesson, conferring, and sharing out. And what that looks like each day is going to be a little bit different. And then, so that's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Then on Tuesday and Thursday, then we focus on our writing skills. When I do a little bit of reading and a little bit of writing each week, it just becomes part of our class and part of our expectations so that students can't decide that they like the reading units better. They like the writing units better. They're only going to work when we're doing a writing unit and those kinds of things. I like to keep it going and keep that focus and it keeps it fresh so that as we get closer to state testing and we get closer to grading time, then it's still all fresh in their memory because they're working on it a little bit every day. With so many standards to cover and not much time to get through everything, it is really important to find a routine that works for you. You'd rather do a reading unit and then a writing unit. By all means, I'm not saying don't do it. You have to do what's going to work for you and what's going to work for your students. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you're not leaving today with a list of here's the things that you have to do, or here's your script, or here's, you know, if you're not doing X, Y, Z, then you're not doing workshop. You need to look at all of the things for a workshop. You need to define what your non-negotiables are. And then those are the things where you start building your lesson. You start building your routines. You start building the things that's going to work for you in class. The four non-negotiables that I have for my class is I put value in independent reading time every day. I put value in creating short, bite-sized mini lessons that gets to the point easy to implement um, for my students. I put value in having time to confer with my students at least once a week, multiple times if possible, but at least once a week. And the fourth non-negotiable for me is having time for students to share out. Again, I don't get through all of these each day in my shorter schedule. If I was doing a block schedule, I would do them every day. But in my shorter schedule, I just make sure that those four things are in my lesson plan each week. Thanks so much for listening today. I appreciate each one of you for being here. I want to encourage you to just try one little piece from today. Hopefully there is a little nugget that you can take and implement into your class either before break or even if you're waiting till after break. I hope that you found something of value in today's episode. Be sure to go check out the show notes. I put a few links to some resources and blogs on independent reading and reading conferences. So you can go grab those there. Don't forget to join the free Facebook group so that we can continue the conversation about how we are tackling our schedules in our classroom. There is a link to that in the show notes. And then once you're in the Facebook group, there are weekly questions that you can add your own thoughts to, or you can add and pose your own questions as well. I am super excited for next week's podcast, where I'll be talking about reading conferences definitely one of the most intimidating parts for me when I started with a workshop 
but has come to be one of the best parts and the part that I love the most because I get those one-on-one conversations with students. So come back next week as I share how I overcame my fear of reading conferences, what my current routine looks like, and how I keep track of everything for students. I hope that you have found value in today's episode, and I would love for you to rate and review this podcast and then share it with one of your teacher friends. Until next time, everyone, have a great week.